Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. Show number 225, with your host, Lauren Gray, and now, your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I am your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 225, where each week we spend around 20 minutes sharing the most important, interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. So, let's get started. We had special guest co-host Kat Mohammed, Director of Education for the Alhoa Association, which is the Asian American Hotel Owners Association. Um, incredibly talented girl. Um, went over some very powerful topics. Also with me, uh, was our, uh, our great stand-in uh, persistent co-host, Mr. Robert Cole with Rock Cheetah. Also, a uh, wonderful surprise to have her back after all of her training sessions that she does is Miss Holly Zoba, the founder of um, Influencer Sales. She does great sales training programs for hospitality. And with us also is Miss Lily Mockerman, who is the founder and CEO of Total Customized Revenue Management, a revenue management control and organization group that uh, does work for hotels needing revenue management, both in short-term and in long-term. Um, as I mentioned, Ms. Kat Mohammed brought in some very powerful topics of which we're going to have her actually come back to the live show again because it is well worth for our discussion to continue on on the topics. And the biggest one which we spent a lot of time with um, was human trafficking, uh, the tragedy of human trafficking and on our unfortunate uh, contribution as an industry towards it. Um, she was introducing us to a program called BEST. Um, which is a uh, platform that gives certification to end um, uh, basically slavery and uh, human trafficking uh, throughout the world. It's based in Seattle. Um, And she went through a certification program that she's introduced into the training programs of Alhoa for their membership to become better aware of looking for the signs associated with this horrendous industry. And it is a huge multi-billion dollar industry uh, it is not just the stereotypical things we consider that are obvious to us. It is not just sex trafficking. It's just not uh, young, single, female, Caucasian uh, girls. Uh, it is a tragedy that is, is involves our youth. The average induction into this, this horrid world is usually between the ages of 13 and 15, according to Kat. Um, but also the fact that there's a lot of fringe... Uh, people, uh, transgenders and so forth that uh, our, our society tends to keep a neutral eye towards that get drawn into this, unfortunately, because they aren't feeling like they fit in. And, and because of this, they turn to the wrong things. Drugs, of course, is a strong uh, push to this, not just because of them, of their preference, but also because of just as people that looking for some solution to some unknown problem and not being able to get to the resources that they should. And this tragedy is huge and it's profound. And unfortunately, we as a hospitality industry, if we are not aware of the signs to see for this, 
and to look for it and to ask the questions as uncomfortable as they may be to make sure that uh, basically the see something say something uh, that we are only going to let it propagate and get worse and this is not just a, a metropolitan issue or a border issue this is a global issue by certain but also a very a large u.s issue everywhere in the u.s small town big towns big cities small cities no matter where it is uh, it is everywhere and we, unfortunately, because of what type of industry we have and the facilities that we have, unfortunately contribute to its, its growth because of not paying attention to the warning signs that can be at our front desk. So it's an incredibly excellent discussion. I highly recommend that you listen to almost the first hour of the show. The show ran about two and a half hours. And um, I really recommend that you listen to all the recommendations she had as to what to look for, how to find out more information in relationship to this, which, by the way, will always be in our show notes. Our show notes will always have all the links associated with what we're about to discuss uh, and also the things that were discussed in the live show as well. And also the timestamps. So if you want to play specifically when we discussed it during the show, because like I said, the show lasts a long time. We keep an open discussion uh, back and forth between all of us. We try not to rush the topics during the live video show. Um, and so we give ourselves the time to delve into the topic and go through all the variations as, as those who are co-host with us get the chance to. The second aspect of the discussion we had with Kat, which she wanted to make sure she covered in as co-host, was the data-driven discussion associated with the combination of revenue management, marketing, and sales. Uh, she feels, based on her education prowess with Alhoa and what they are introducing into their training aspects for their association, that there is this massive need for this collaboration of revenue management marketing and sales we expanded that conversation to say it actually includes operations accounting and human resources because all of those two aspects have some component of contribution to the best symbiotic way that all those departments work together and we had a wonderful discussion that lasted uh, again almost an hour about 45 minutes uh, talking about the nuances of what data specifically can get shared between one aspect of a department versus another aspect of a department who leads those conversations and how is it that you train or become aware of what you can do with the other departments based on your particular discipline uh, within the industry and uh, it was a great conversation again um, my co-hosts Robert and Holly and Lily gave interesting variations of perspective Mr. Robert Cole with Rockchita does a tremendous amount of work with places like Focus right and JD Powers and so forth and he's a very data-driven historically minded person uh, we kind of call him the docent of hospitality and miss holly zoba has done sales training literally uh her entire hospitality career uh which doesn't make her old but it, she's very well experienced in in the ways of how it takes salespeople what it takes for salespeople to do their job best and how they should begin to interact with and get to speed and get modernized in the world that we live in with their sales techniques and abilities. And then Miss Lily Mockerman, uh, with her revenue angles, uh, was great about talking about the needs that she has and the data she has as to how she can share what she does and what revenue managers in general can do with their compatriots in the other disciplines and how to blend those together. So uh, we had a great conversation between all of us as to how the methods, real methods, actionable methods can be done to to build that relationship between the departments. And um, that concluded by towards that end of a part of our show. We didn't actually even get to the, the news items or the tool items. So well, actually we did mention the tool. And now today's new resource tool. And the tool that I brought to the table was a platform called Giru, G-E-R-U. 
Now, if you go to take a look at it, it's a very interesting platform. It's very new for me. I'm just beginning to work it out. I'm, I see, I picked it up. It's very affordable. The baseline of it is $67. And in the world of software, as everybody knows, you don't pick up good stuff for that amount of money, not the way we get charged for some software platforms. But this is a wonderful funnel modeling. Actually, it's more precisely a funnel simulator. And uh, what it does is it lets you quickly model and simulate the potential profit of any sales or marketing funnel or business idea before you create the landing pages or buy the traffic and so forth, which really saves you your time and money. You build your your connectivities, um, your ratios of what the channel is contributing, what's its conversion value, what's its traffic. From that, you determine when it lands somewhere, how much traffic do you lose and what's the conversion of those that continue on. Do you do a retargeting from those that didn't react to that? Uh, it's very much like a workflow for those who have built workflow in their CRM systems. Uh, you'll understand what I mean. It's conditional. If not, then this. If they said yes to it, you, they move on that funnel. But if they said no to it or they didn't act on it, then it creates a trigger with a delay time as to what else happens. Well, you build this funnel up to determine where your contributions of revenue are. Are you capturing all the leakage, so to speak, when somebody doesn't react to something you've sent them or given them or brought them to? And then do you bring them back into the conversation again? And how much that do you bring back? And how much revenue does that represent? Now, if it sounds mentally hard to visualize this not a worry we had a great conversation on the live show and if you look at the website itself geru.com it gives us some great visualizations and of course they can do a great sell of themselves better than i can as to what it, they actually try to do but uh, pretty much the world's first as they say uh, funnel, funnel simulator that takes the guesswork out of planning because if you put in proper real numbers for your conversions values and and volumes and so forth, and you put in your proper costs and so forth, it'll literally show you whether or not your idea for what you look at at the scale that you're able to do it can actually generate. And you can tell right off the bat where you need to improve your volume or conversion or methodology to make it profitable before you spend the money and find out from spending money whether or not uh, it actually did what it was supposed to have done. So it was the tool that I recommend this week to take a peek at. For those, I mean, we are well out, hopefully well out of our budget season at this point. But it doesn't mean that there isn't always refinements and, and, and changes that need to be made and updates to what you're really doing. Take some of your current campaigns and methodologies and put them into this funnel program and see if you're seeing something you didn't see before or that you're looking at numbers that you haven't gotten to yet to know whether or not you need to do something about it. So that was our tool of the day that we talked about. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. The next was the news section, which I said in the live show we didn't get to, but there are some great co topics. Mr. Robert Cole gives us a very excellent curated list each week of uh, between 10 and 15 items that he breaks down in different categories. The top, first uh, category is, of course, what he considers to be a top story. Then he brings into brands and product, uh, brings in intermediaries and distribution, marketing and strategy, tech and finance, and then, of course, our famous rot row that we always do, which is the uh, forehead slapping, you can't be serious about this, or how would anybody think that this was something that was supposed to be done mentality to it. Um, we share this with the HSMAI, as I mentioned, with this podcast. We do this in support of HSMAI each week so that there is relevant, timely, actionable content that is provided to its membership and to those who are interested in knowing more about HSMAI by listening to this podcast. Um, through this kind of content that he curates, he sends it to their marketing board, which is their volunteer board that helps them with the organizations of such as their conference coming up. 
in January in New York City, along with the Adrian Awards, which is the uh, industry recognition of superior marketing within the hospitality industry. Um, and also the Revenue Board, which is, again, a governing board that handles the Revenue Optimization Conference, or ROC, which is adjacent to HITECH, which is from another organization called HFTP, Hospitality Finance and Technology Professionals. And that is the premier technology conference, huge conference, which will be in San Antonio next year in June, uh, that rocked the Revenue Optimization Conference with HSMAI joins. So those two platforms, uh, those two uh, boards receive this on a weekly basis. Uh, so the content is, is relevant, it's useful, we're not here to rehash news, but we do want to make some certain highlights of things that he did point out. His top story is worthy of being a top story, and that is that consecutive RevPAR dips makes it official, the upcycle is over. We had lived through the largest sustained um, upcycle in RevPAR growth uh, in, in our industry's history to date. Uh, but finally, since the, as we had talked in the live show, the, roughly the beginning of July, uh, there was a pause and then a decline. And now it is official that it has remained a decline. So it's a slope. Well, it depends on how fast it may grow. But there was an excellent article from Hotel News Now that covers a little bit of some more of the math and statistics associated with that. Uh, from a brand perspective, um, there is an article that Skiff popped out saying that Marriott's mission is to make W hotels cool again. We often have discussed about the brand flavors associated, not just from what Marriott already had, but they're blending with Starwood through their merger. It's really hard to create distinctions and, and uniqueness to each of them. And of course, from an operational point of view, if you're running any of their, their brands, what used to be an enemy is now a frenemy and you have to share data and you have to collaborate and um, through resources and recognition within your market and it's very challenging with this brand saturation to stand out and so Marriott is looking at making it the mission that they're trying to identify um, W in its own unique way so that it has that 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 brand centric flavor that will drive people interested in what it has to offer compared to its other brands that would be different from that of what they're trying to promote for making W Hotel cool again um, a couple other acute articles, nothing really worthy of our conversation within the podcast today. Um, there is a one under intermediaries and distribution that pops up, um, which is consumers want Amazon to be a travel booking site. Uh, it's often been discussed that, you know, well, Amazon should get into the travel space. Well, Amazon has tried several times to get in the travel space and has yet to crack that nut. Uh, you do see components of Amazon, things that most people point to saying, wow, you know, look, how cool would it be if, if I bought something here that it would be able to refer other hotels that would be of similarities or so forth. So you see nuances of what Amazon does in their retail component that you would say, man, that would be really great in a hospitality environment. But we had the discussion even as uh, early as last week again, that sometimes it's just being the big burly uh, business in the corner that doesn't step into the fight can be the deterrent enough. Um, Amazon may not know exactly how to figure this out. Uh, there was a interesting statistic that not to go backwards in our shows, but last week's show that there was a survey done of 4,000 travelers that 46% of them would prefer to do business with Amazon than their current preferred platform which is a scary number to think that almost half of the people that have a choice already of who they like doing business with, whether it's a branded site or a third-party site, how almost half of them would think that they would want to do business with Amazon should they come to market. So again, maybe the big burly business in the corner just standing there is enough for us to realize that we need to clean up what we're doing and how best to interact with our guests um, in the long haul than it is for them to actually step into the market. Gosh knows we already have Google in the midst of it and other OTAs that are expanding and, 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 and getting in front of us when it comes to our guest engagements with them. Um, 
again other articles that are there which i will be in the show notes for this um some of the uh well interesting things from a tech and finance point of view i want to bring this out as we wrap up towards our our uh, our technique for the uh, for the week and that is that uh, firefox as a, a platform an internet uh, explorer platform so to speak uh, similar to Google Chrome, which has turned into the dominant platform. Firefox will start blocking fingerprints by default. Now, first you're thinking, what is a fingerprint? Is that the thing that we put on our phones now and so forth? No, what, what it is is everything that we do is tracked, and that data can be correlated in a way of identifying us differently than the data that we're willing to provide. And that goes down to what computer we're using, what our browser is, what our GeoIP is, um, a lot of variations, uh, screen size, so forth and so on. And if you piece enough of these pieces of the puzzle together, it creates a fingerprint of whom you are without necessarily you having told somebody. If you're always going on to a certain type of Mac computer at a certain IP because of a certain location, and you're using a certain browser and you have certain settings, this creates a kind of a fingerprint of what you are when you're doing browsing. And that information can be used to better identify you when you add it with other data that you may you know, willingly be giving and unwillingly be giving. And so that creates a triangulation of data that eventually businesses can define you as an individual and not just as a digital avatar online. And that's what Fox Firefox is saying that they simply do not want to do is um, uh, do that willingly. So they're going to do this, uh, start blocking it by default. And you have to turn it on if you don't care about it rather than having it shut off. Now, uh, our rut row this week, which was uh, one that we didn't get to, but well worth being a rut row for those in the industry, which I'm hoping speaking to by listening to this podcast, uh, Oyo, which, you know, has been a very aggressive grower in the, in the North American space globally as well, but really strong in the North American space. Um, has, of course, had to list what they've been doing for winning and losing when it comes to finances. And Oyo's widening losses and other financial takeaways uh, from its latest filing has created concern as to, is it really spending more money than it should? Should it maybe pause, let its brand catch up with itself, rather than aggressively acquiring, acquiring, acquiring? For those who are of Oyo's in their market, or may in fact be with Oyo's, a big discussion has been to their revenue strategies that they at times will lower their rate during higher demands simply to drive the occupancies. Kind of a reverse to what we normally industry-wise consider a process of, ooh, as yield grows, uh, and demand grows, then we can compress and raise our rates because we have less inventory to sell. We can sell at a higher rate. So Oyo goes over and says, we want to fill the place. So we're going to lower our rates to make sure that we sell out because their commitment to the places that they've acquired says, hey, you know, you pay us a flat percentage of what we build with you. And it's a chunky percentage. And uh, they do this by filling the hotel up with occupancy. So it's an occupancy-driven strategy to this. And um, the robber is kind of like, well, is this... Is this the best math to do? I mean, if they're doing this and they're spending all this money to acquire so much stuff, is it is it really the method or is this just their method and it's going to come back and hurt them in the long run for it? So there we had the news coverage for it. Now for this week's hospitality technique. Technique. We had covered actually two in the conversation today that are worthy of discussion in the podcast. And that was in the symbiotic relationship between marketing and revenue management. There are two aspects that can be done from a very practical point of view that your marketers and your revenue managers should be collaborating on right now. And that is 
when you are looking if Airbnb is a competitor in your market that causes you concern, for instance, and um, you're looking at this fact that Airbnb is dynamic inventory. It doesn't exist when it's not needed and grows exponentially when the demand goes up, which going against our conversation we just had with Oyo, that means that it's hard to increase your rates if as more as more demand comes into market, more inventory comes in with it because you can't command a higher rate if there's other inventory that's not asking for also a higher rate during that same time. And plus, it also gives them other options of inventory availability for anybody coming into the market for the demand cycle. Picture Super Bowls, picture, you know, large festivals, events and concerts and so forth, where boom, all of a sudden there's a large amount of inventory that doesn't simply exist in the market at that time. Now, there are variables to this conversation where the inventory type, location, proximities, variations to what you have as a product and so forth, people's willingness and tolerance for the privacy, not privacy policy, but the restrictive policies of Airbnb when it comes to, you know, cancellations and so forth, the flat fees that are still required. There's a lot of mix to this, but there's an amazingly excellent platform called AirDNA. If you're not already using it, I highly recommend it. Marketing can uh, suppress a lot of the issues associated with Airbnb's flux of inventory in your market because they have a different lead time configuration compared to most hotels. And they're in certain lead time windows. Now, when you begin to understand what those lead time windows are for your market in your destination area at what times of year, then you collaborate with your marketing team to alleviate that by implementing opportunities for people during those lead booking window times for the Airbnb people to be considering your hotel to diminish the fact that they're selling ahead of you in time cycle for a demand period that you know is going to come up. And that way it alleviates or negates a large impact onto your inventory for this increased dynamic inventory that comes to your market. The second technique is really talking about um, we make star reports. A lot of places do. Very few places don't have uh, star reports. Uh, there's some markets that don't. Las Vegas is one of those that never really bought into because they had their own ecosystem. Uh, but they're getting there. They have a few that are pulling in star reports. But um, a lot of times star reports are built for a lot of reasons more than just your competitive set in true form, but your competitive set that makes ownership feel financially stable or that feels makes them feel good that they're uh, attacking it well. Um, and because of that, um, sometimes your Smith Travel reports do not match to whom you're really compared marketing-wise, who you're actually marketing against. And marketing your your marketing team can really help you with that by finding out who your online marketing comp set is in your market, who actually is showing up for what you're already showing up for, who who is comparing you against whom else in the market based on similarities of price, product, location, and not so much who you would compare yourself against based on financial rate and, and, and so forth that would make you look financially better than you would artificially be doing if you were competing genuinely against your true comp set. So those are two techniques to take away, which is the look at your AirDNA with your marketing team to develop lead time so you can create a strategy to combat if the Airbnb does affect you during certain periods of time and if the other is to go over and reevaluate your smith travel report if anything create a second comp set that's more true to your true comp set to competitive set in your market and work against that so that you can truly use revenue management strategy with marketing efforts to best know how to tackle those people that you are truly competing with in market 
So that's about it. Remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, TalkShoe, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, anything. The list goes on. No matter which one you use, if you like the show, please, please, please rate us. That's how other people find us and leave a comment. Uh, to give us any suggestions you have as to what you would like to have into the show as review for this and for our live show. Also, if this is the first time you're hearing us, you can subscribe to our show on any of those platforms. And uh, for archive of any of our previous podcasts, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. And don't forget, we do have our live video talk show that you can join and participate in every Friday at 1130 Eastern US uh, called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, The Live Show. Uh, and you can simply go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. Um, if you want to join us next week's show, which is Friday 1130, that show, uh, the abbreviated link is basically bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash H-D-M show 226. So bit.ly forward slash H-D-M uh, show 226. And that will bring you to a registration page that will get you signed up. I'll send you an uh, email reminder. If you put your phone number, I'll send you an SMS messaging. And any which way will remind you that we're having the show at 1130 Eastern. You can join us live on that as well. And until next week. Thank you for the privilege of your time, and we'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. Show 225. Brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing. In support of the HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International. All rights reserved. Copyright 2019. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.